Thank you. Well, good morning again. And I, I just realized um, when I had come up that, man, I, I haven't been up here on a Sunday morning in a long, long time. And that's terrifying. <laughs> especially for somebody like me. Now, like Pastor Sheldon said, today we'll we be talking about making decisions. And I'm sure he had to mull it through, and even he, knowing that he would not be here this morning with us, that he had to mull it through and, and make a decision on who would be speaking this morning. And, and I tell you what, um, I, I'm so happy that it, that it is me, that I get to do this, and I'm, I'm also happy that uh, I made a decision to set my alarm this morning so that I would get up. You know, decisions, we all make them. We, we got to make them. Even the decision to let somebody else decide is a decision. So even if we don't want to make a decision, that's still a decision. We make decisions. It comes with being human. In fact, scientific study has shown that the average person makes 600 decisions every single day. Now, the first time that I heard that, that statistic, I, I thought, 600? No way. Cannot be. There's just not enough time in the day. So I started to count the decisions that I was making. You know, I stopped in five minutes because I already hit like 37. With that, I, I would have gone over 1,000 on that day. We make, on the average, 600 decisions every single day. Some of them are really, really big. They require a lot of time. They're complicated. Some are much smaller, more clear-cut, more easier to figure out. But every decision we make is important. Why? Because every single decision, no matter how big or how small, every decision has a consequence, something we have to live up with. Speaking of decisions, last week, Pastor Sheldon talked to us about the, the smallest social network, being the family, of course. And in it, to um, make his point, he made some references to our smartphones and, and some of our other electronic devices, especially the ones that we bring with us to church so that we know, we know what's going on and how they can often be distractions. Especially if we decide to use them for texting or if we get a call right in the middle of service. Now, later on, I, I was standing out, outside by the information booth and I actually heard somebody walking by. And this guy said, great, great. I just downloaded this great Bible app on my phone and now I cannot use them. Just want you to know that that's not the, the point that Pastor Sheldon was trying to get across. In fact, I use my Bible app on my phone in church, and it's perfectly fine. Pastor Sheldon said so, okay? He wanted me to get this message across that it's perfectly fine to be using your uh, electronic devices. I mean, we have them, we might as well use them. They're good stuff. In fact, one, one of my friends, um, she came up to me. It, it was after a Wednesday night service, and she was kind of feeling a little bit bad. And she came up to me and said, Aaron, 
I was about ready to scold my 11-year-old daughter because in the middle of service, she is on her phone, playing with her phone, and she thought she was texting. The minute she was ready to scold her, she looked over and she looked down and she saw that she was taking notes of the message on her phone. If you're doing that, perfectly fine, okay? Just choose wisely what what you're doing. Do not let it become a distraction. Well, we're in this series called The Value of Ohana, and today we'll, we'll be specifically looking at this, at making decisions together as a family. Now, let's be real. Let's be straight up, right off the bat. Making decisions in a family can be difficult. In fact, most times they are. You show me a family that has no difficulty, no challenge when it comes to making decisions. And and I'll show you a family that is one of two things. Either, number one, this is a family with a tyrant as a leader. Where what he or she says goes, my way or the highway. And no one else has any input. And we, know, we all know how those families turn out. As soon as the kids are able, they're they gone. They, they leave because they, have, they, they don't get any chance to really be a part of a family. And folks, that's really not a family. The second one is a family, who, I'll show you a family who never communicates, nev- never interacts with each other. And each individual does whatever they want to do. Again, that's not family. You see, when when it comes to family decision-making, it is a challenge. And listen to this. It should be. It should be. It should be a challenge. You know why? Because family is valuable. That's why. And I think way too often we, we, we make the mistake of believing that our most important decisions are made in the workplace or, or in our social circles. And the family decisions should be the easy ones. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. The truth is that the decisions we make concerning Ohana will far greater affect anything else we do rather than vice versa. Let me say it straight up. If I cannot be effective in my family, then I will not be effective anywhere else. If I cannot take care of my family, and if I cannot make that decision-making process, no matter how challenging it is, important, then I will never be effective anywhere else in my life. That's why the decision making process regarding family should be challenging because it's important and it's also important to God. I mean, he's the one who designed it that way in the first place. He's the one who created these separate networks of different parts, of different talents and abilities, different passions, even different opinions. And he sets us into motion and he says, make decisions together that will impact the world. Today I get to impart three ways, three choices actually, on how we can, as Ohana, make decisions together that will make us more effective 
And not so that we please ourselves, but so that we please the Father of us all. So if you'll take out your notes with me, we'll get started on that. But before I get to that, I need to say this, that this message will be challenging. There are going to be some things that you don't want to hear or maybe don't agree with. And I, do, I mean that purposefully, to challenge everybody today. Not because God is mean or be because I'm a slave driver, but because you are Ohana to me. We're family, and I want the very best for us. It may be challenging, but that's what decisions, uh, making decisions together should be anyway. And I, I believe with all my heart that the thing that makes it most challenging is the differences in opinions. Because at the very least, a family decision will contain two opinions. Any less than, folks, you don't have a family. Some families have three, some have six. Of course, if you have teenagers, you multiply them by three. Because they change their minds as much as they change their clothes. And I have been blessed over the past two years to, to have a relationship with, with this one family, this couple. And they have ten kids. Ten kids. Twelve, we're talking about twelve different opinions. God bless them, man. Opinions are what makes making decisions most challenging because rarely will those opinions be the same. In my household, there are five of us. And if uh, 600 decisions are made every single day, it's a miracle if we ever have the same starting opinion on 1% of them. If all five of us agree on six things in a single day, that is incredible. So what do you do? What do you do when, when, when you have a difference of opinion in the family? Here's a couple solutions for you. Some, some things that are um, popular opinion. Have you ever heard this one? We agree to disagree. Well, how about this one? We always compromise. You know what you do with these two statements? Right off the bat, you burn them. Throw them away. Get them out of your life. Get, get them out of your vocabulary. And most importantly, get them out of your family. Folks, never disagree. Uh, never agree to disagree. Because in the end, all you'll end up with is disagreement. If you agree to disagree for the rest of your life, that means you will never agree on one thing in your family. Never agree to disagree. And never settle for compromise. Never settle for compromise. And I'll tell you why. Because at its very best, compromise is 50-50. But it's not 50-50 like this. It's 50-50 heading in two different directions. You get to do, since you get to do this, then that means I get to do this. If uh, you get that, then I get this. Compromise is always, or at its best, 50 50, 
taking you in two different directions. You, you, you let that run rampant in your family, pretty soon you don't have a family. Don't ever agree to disagree. Don't ever compromise. Instead, when it comes to making ohana-sized decisions, and you can write this into your notes on number one, choose to agree. Choose to agree. Bottom line, just choose to agree. But don't take my word for it. Take it from Jesus. Where in Matthew 18, 19, he says, Again I say to you that if two of you on earth agree concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. I have a pet name for this one, actually. I call this one the power of agreement. And the reason why it's a power in my life is because it's an actual promise from God for us to take hold of. And it's a promise for us, for us all, no matter where we're at. It's a promise for business. It's a, a promise for ministry. And especially, it is a promise for family, that if we choose to agree on anything, it will be done for us by our Father in heaven. You know, notice that he didn't say if you agree on the perfect thing, or the most popular thing, or even the best possible thing. What did he say? He said, if we agree on anything. You see, agreement is that important to God. And I got to understand, and I, I got to understand this many years ago through my family. I don't know how many times I, I've told this story before, but since I haven't spoken on a Sunday morning in a long time, I know many of you haven't heard it, and it is my favorite story in the whole wide world. Someone tell it again, okay? It is my carrot cake story. And it goes like this. I love carrot cake. My favorite dessert in the whole wide world. And I've tasted many good ones. There are some excellent carrot cakes out there. Carrot cake makers out there. And there are some really, really good ones. But here's the thing. Here's where I'm blessed is that the best carrot cake in the whole world lives in my house. Because <laughs> my mother-in-law lives with us and nobody can touch Judy Marie's carrot cake. <laughs> well, one day I came home from work. I drive into the garage and the minute I open my door, oh boy, there it is. The, the, the aroma of the best carrot cake in the world filling up my garage and right there, I, I'm ready to drop to my knees. But I start praying, and, and, and I'm praying, Lord, please, just one piece. One piece. If I get one piece, I'll be good for a week. Just, just let there be one piece left for me. Now I open up the door, and, and to my, my great pleasure, there's mom standing with a whole pan of carrot cake. And what happens next is even better because she, she declares for the whole house to hear, this is daddy's carrot cake. 
man, I squaw. So I, I hug her, I, I, I take my carrot cake, I grab one fork, I sit down at the table, and I go for it. Fifteen minutes later, I am bloated beyond belief. One piece of carrot cake left. And that's when I decide I, I'm finally going to be a good dad. And I, I yell out, okay, last piece of carrot cake, who wants it? CJ and AJ, my two kids. CJ, who's my daughter, she was about seven at the time. AJ was about five. Both of them come screaming around the corner saying, I want it, I want it. I expected that. So what did I do? Cut the cake in half. Now, even if you are the perfect uh, cake cutter, carry cake with frosting on the top, there's no way that you're going to cut them perfectly in half. One side is bigger than the other. And what do you think they start doing? Oh, they start fighting for the, for the carrot cake. CJ says, I am bigger than you. I was your first. I get the bigger piece. And AJ being, being the smart guy that he is, he says, I am cuter than you. Daddy loves me more. I get the bigger piece. At, at first, yeah, it was funny. But then after about five minutes of them going at it for that much more of a piece of carrot cake was downright disgusting. And I, I watched them. And finally, when, when I couldn't take it anymore, I yelled out, fine. You guys like fight? Nobody get nothing. You know what hurt the most? Was that they forgot that this was daddy's carrot cake. Well, CJ, being as wise as she is, caught it. And she stopped and she realized, hey, if I don't do something quick, I lose everything. So she turned to her brother, who was still grumbling with her. And she said, you know what, brother? You are cuter than me. You can have the bigger piece. And he was caught by surprise. He, he stopped for a little while. Then, then he caught her heart. And he said, no, that's wrong. You're older than me. You deserve the bigger piece. You know what they did in the end? They got two forks. They sat down together and they took one bite from each side till it was all gone. Oh man, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh Aaron, you're such a pig. (laughs) Because that, that touched my heart so much that I wanted to give them the whole cake. That's how I felt right there. And in that moment, I saw the way that God sees us as his children, as the families that he put together in the first place. I saw it. That when we disagree with each other, when we're arguing and bickering and fighting about something that really doesn't belong to us anyway, man, that just breaks his heart because it all belongs to him. And then, on the other side, if we ever come into agreement, or when we start to agree, doesn't matter on what. When we start working together, and he sees his kids loving each other, working as a team, especially in Ohana. You know what that does for his heart? He just wants to give us everything. That's the way it is with God. And I'm going to encourage you this morning. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, choose to agree 
even if you got to eat the smaller piece of cake. You know why? Because God always has more cake. <clears throat> Choose to agree and watch how God blesses that. Now, some of you might be thinking right now, I know many of you are thinking, sure, Pastor Aaron, that, that sounds so nice and so easy. But easier said than done. If it were only that simple. But man, you don't know my family. You, you don't know how hard it is for us to agree on anything. Listen, folks. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. My, my wife... Carlin and I are like black and white. And I'm not just talking about our skin color. She's outgoing. I'm reserved. She's creative. I'm good at tasking. She's spontaneous. I like things well planned. She's drop dead gorgeous. And let's just say I'm lucky to have her. I'm smart. And we'll stop right there. <laughs> and then, of course, there's our kids who, who are a wonderful mixture of the both of us with some outside influences that, that have molded them into two completely different people. To make a long story short, when it comes to decisions in my house, it can be downright chaotic. Now, this is what I've learned. When we disagree, life is not even worth living. It's miserable no matter what. But when we choose to agree, when we, we bring all of these differences and, and all of these talents, bring them all to the table, and we work together as a family, we become unstoppable. And that's how God designed Ohana to be. When it happens in agreement. Here's a good thing. God gave us a way in which to be successful in everything. When coming into agreement. A surefire way where we cannot fail. However, it also comes to us as a choice. Which is point number two. Choose to honor authority. Choose to honor authority. When it came to family, God set up this hierarchy for us to follow. A chain of command. And he gave each part a directive. Starting with the children. Exodus 20, 12. One of the ten commandments. He says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. What is God saying here? He's saying, children, listen to your parents. Why? Because if you listen, they won't kill you, right? And you live long. Actually, omit that second part. Listen because they've been there. They've done that. And they are looking out for you. Does that mean that you don't have a voice when it comes to decision making? No, not at all. By all means, speak your heart and your mind and your desires. 
So often do I have young people come up to me complaining about their parents and, and what they're doing. And I, I always ask them, are you telling them this? What you're telling me? Are you telling them? And they reply, no. No use because they're not going to listen anyway. Look, if you're not telling them, then they cannot hear you. Don't play games with Ohana. Okay, don't play games with Ohana. Tell them how you feel. Lay out your heart. You have a voice when it comes to your family. Use it. Just make sure of this. That you also come with a heart that says, no matter what, I will honor your decision. That's what God commands. Now, I realize that there, there aren't a lot of children here. Oh, actually, let me rephrase that. We all children to somebody. But the children I'm referring to are the ones, in this instance, are the ones that are still under the head of the household, under dad or mom, or if you're living under somebody else's authority. If you're an adult living under your own roof, then uh, this one doesn't pertain to you. However, listen to this now. Each one of us, somewhere in our lives, are under the authority of someone else. We, we, we have jobs. We have the government. We are under authority to someone else. And this comes into play there. Okay? That we need to honor our authorities. For the wives and the mothers. Comes to you from Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, where it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be, sub, uh, be to their own husbands in everything. Now, ladies, I want to remind you that I warned you earlier that this would be challenging. I know so many ladies who stop being Christians just because it is scripture. This one, I fully understand that this one can be a hard pill to swallow, but I want you to recognize this. That this isn't what Pastor Aaron said. Neither is this what your husband said. It's what God said. And I'll put it to you like this. That when you give your husband the last word, and honor him with the authority to make the final decision, then you will be giving your family the opportunity to fall into the promise of God and be blessed. Again, does that mean you have no voice? It better not mean that. Because God placed you in your husband's life because you would make him a better person. Go ahead, say amen. amen. Only a very, very foolish man would not pay any mind to his wife's heart. In fact, I'll admit this, that most of the decisions I make, at least most of the good ones, begin as Carlin's ideas. You know what, guys? Let's be real. They're actually smarter than us. They are. 
And I'm not trying to score points with her. That's true. This I've learned about my wife, and I learned it early on, that, that she has more expertise than I do in many, many different areas. She does. With the kids, with the house, with shopping. Even her street smarts are better than me. And I have learned that. So many of the decisions that I make actually come from her ideas. And I'm good with that. I'm good with that because the wonderful thing about her and what she does for me is that she lets me own that decision. Might be her idea, but I get to own the decision. And when I, own, uh, I take her idea and I own the decision, what happens is it becomes our victory. You know what else she does for me? Even when I don't take her advice into consideration and I decide the opposite of her ideas and things go horribly wrong as they usually do, she never says, I told you so. She never says, I told you so. It comes down to this. It it comes down to if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But no matter what, we are in it together. And you know what? Every single time when we do that, God honors His promise. Now I know that many of, I know what many of the husbands were thinking when I first read this scripture. You guys were thinking the same thing I did when, when I first read those words when I was in college. When I read, wives, submit to your husbands. I thought, Yes! I'm going to marry one good Christian girl because then somebody got to listen to me. God said. But we only think that because we don't read on to verse 25. You know, I, I love it when I'm sitting in marital counseling, when, when, when a marriage is in trouble and they come to me for counseling. And, and I look forward to the moment when the husband says, Pastor, show her the scripture. Show her the scripture. The one that says she got to listen to me. Oh, gladly. Gladly I do that. Because he has no idea what is coming up in verse 25. Where it says, for the husbands, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Yes, guys, your children have the order to honor your decisions. Your wife has the order to submit all authority to you by God's design. You have the final word. Here's the question. Are you willing to die for it? Are you willing to die for it? Because that's what God is asking you to do. Every decision you make concerning the ohana, whether big or small, You need to be willing to lay your life down for. Oh boy, not nearly as much fun as as verses 22 to 24 were, huh? They are accountable to you. But for their well-being, God will hold you accountable. Hebrews 13, 17 sums all this up. Where it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. 
Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. So give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Which rolls us right into point number three. Which is choose we over me. Choose we over me. In Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. In every family decision we make, don't ever forget that it's not about me. In fact, I'll say it like this. Choose to die to me so you can begin to live for we. That's the key to being successful in making decisions as a family. To remember that God is the one who placed us together in the first place. Not so that one would lord over the other. Not so that we would make decisions that take us apart from each other. But so that we would bring all, our, all of our different talents. All of our passions. Even all of our different opinions. And lay them on the table. So that we would work together. To do something that, that is not five times better or ten times better. But to accomplish things that would make us exponentially more effective than we are alone. Folks, that's what family is all about. And that's the value of Ohana and what it can do when we choose to agree and make decisions together. Amen? You can put away your notes with me. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me and we're going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, this, this morning we come before you with, with this on our hearts, the value of Ohana, the value of family. And we come before you understanding wholeheartedly, Lord, that you're the one who put our families together in the first place. And there may be some out there right now thinking, this doesn't really pertain to me because I'm single and I'm an adult. I don't live in anybody's household. But no matter what, every person is a family somewhere, has a family somewhere. In fact, every person here, Lord, you placed in this church and we are Ohana. 
Now this is what I ask, Lord. You place us together for a reason and a purpose that we would be more effective together. So Lord, even with all of our differences, allow us to be families who make the choice to make decisions together. Father, help us to come into the power of agreement where you promised, Lord, that you would answer. Let us never forsake that. And in all that we do, help us to honor authority, Lord. Because in the end, Father, it, it will always be about we, never about me. So Lord, let your will be done. Father, I pray a prayer of blessing upon our families and I pray, pray a, your blessing upon this church. Lord, help us to be a people who would change the world for you as we choose to make decisions together. Let your will be done, Lord, and allow us to be obedient to do our part. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.